Music. Reviews. Chat. Poems. Comedy. Writing. Interviews. ELFM. It's radio for so much more. Hi, welcome to East Leeds FM out here, Chapel FM. I hope you're having a great day. And here I am with Cole, who's going to be explaining what we're going to be doing today. Upcoming, we have interviews with local councillors, radio dramas, and all the sounds and chats we made and had while on our walk across Seacroft. Right now, we'll be playing Higher Power by Coldplay. You're listening live at East Leeds FM. Make music, make laughter, have fun. Sound it out. And that was Higher Power by Coldplay. Uh, I'm Henry, the broadcast worker here at Chapel FM. I'm joined by Stephen. How are you doing, Stephen? I'm doing good. Good. Are you feeling that bubbly energy of being live like I am? Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. What's that energy like? It's just kind of like excitement that you're... Well, basically, like, speaking to everybody, like... On the internet. Hello, everybody. On the, oh, we're talking to everybody on the internet. Annabella, how are you doing? I'm fine. Just, just fine. You're just fine. Just Maybe chill. A bit nervous. A bit nervous. Excellent. That's good to know. You did a fantastic introduction. So you're you're a veteran now. You've been on longer than 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 anybody else at the moment. <laughs> um, so uh, we went on a little adventure, didn't we, on Wednesday daytime? So. Uh, uh, Annabella, can you set the scene for us? What did we sort of leave carrying? What was all the stuff we had as we left the chapel on Wednesday afternoon? Well, we had our coats <laughs> and like water bottles and stuff, but I guess that's it. Did, well, didn't we take a load of equipment with us? We didn't take any equipment whatsoever. Stephen, what oh, did you... <laughs> yeah. We took microphones yeah. so we can record and also microphones and iPads so we can record and any sounds that we capture yeah. or take photos. Totally, yeah. So, Stephen, uh, what was your job in all this? You were handed something and you were sent off, weren't you? So, basically, we were given headphones and microphones. So, another person called Callum, he was in charge of the microphone. Shout, shout out to Callum if you're listening, yeah. Callum. And I was in charge of the headphones, so I basically just kind of <laughs> held the headphones for him. You played that important role of like saying what what sounds were coming through, weren't they? Oh uh, yeah. And and Annabella, how were you? What were you doing all this? Were you taking photos? Were you capturing sounds? Um, I was taking a bit of photos, but later on I was capturing sounds as well. Cool, a bit of both visual and audio. Um, so, Stephen, um, who can you remember the name of the chap who was leading us round Seacroft in East Leeds? His name was Matthew Bellwood. Hey, yeah. well done. Uh, um, so tell us a little bit about Matthew. What's his job? What was his role? So I'm pretty sure he was a local historian he like knew stuff about the history of seacroft and he was a theater yeah he's a story yeah. he was a fit storyteller he was there to tell stories to craft tales what was one of the tales that you remember hearing that he was telling us about um well there was this one place called bogart hill and there used to be legends of this mythical beast called the bogart and whenever you would come back from work on that lane, people would hear footsteps or like padded footsteps of the bogart chasing them. And then once they got past this gate, they would be safe. And because the noises sounded like padded feet, the n- nickname for Seacroft is the Padfoot. Yeah, this bog yeah. out of Seacroft was the Padfoot. Um, Annabella, when you walk around these streets of Leeds, do you ever think about these like secret stories and mysteries of the past? Or do you think we sort of just walk by, we're looking at our phones, we miss them? What do you think? I feel like most people like misses them because they're so concentrated. They're not really concentrated about what's happening around them or the history or stories of places, unless like they're studying it mm. or like told to do it. So most people, ordinary days, would even know the story and would just go up down the hill 
Well, some people would go, what, what's the point of remembering these stories? What does it matter? Do you think it's important to keep these urgent, um, urban legends and myths alive? Yeah, because I feel like um, people in the past... People in the past, they want, they like believe these stories, even though they weren't true. They might not be true, but so if we just keep a myth, myth, um, keep the myths and everything that you, you urban legends, mm. then the traditions can like pass on. Yeah, I think that's really important to keep those traditions alive. And you say that the Bogard legend wasn't necessarily true. Well, we've got some evidence coming up later in the show that suggests it absolutely is true. Um, Stephen, you might have some insight into that. You know, you've been doing some radio plays. You looking forward to performing them later? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, excellent. Okay, so um, we're going to play a, a track now. So this is something that the group have been working on yesterday with Chris Sharkey, who's a fantastic experimental music maker. So we're going to pepper these throughout the show. Uh, and this first one is just, just called Track One. It's very ominous, but we hope you enjoy. Welcome back to the studio. Um, yeah, we're back in the studio. Henry's now uh, he's helping oversee tech with <laughs> Abril. And I've got um, some fantastic young people here. I've got Dylan and... Um, I can always get it right. It's Lyra, is it? Yeah. Lyra, perfect. I've got it right now. That's why you've got to have your name badges on. I don't see your name badges on you um, in the studio. I've got mine on. <laughs> but we're, uh, we're going to have a little chat because we've been doing some editing and all sorts, haven't we? Yeah. Um, we've been doing editing soundscapes. So we obviously on the Wednesday, we went to this walk that everyone was talking about. And some of us were recording sounds rather than people talking and stuff. And we've got some really nice recordings. I don't know, did you guys record any of the sounds? Yeah, I recorded the Beckwater. The Beckwater? Well, uh, yeah, the, the river. Yes, the Beck, yeah. Yeah, I recorded that with people throwing stones in. I recorded it when there was tre uh, trees getting, well, where there was that twig and the uh, whacking on the tree. Yeah, sort of like, almost like, well, speaking of like, obviously, ancient monsters and stuff, that's called like wood knocking, and that's what um, people say they do to attract um, Bigfoot. So, <laughs> so it's called wood knocking that. But yeah, we did a bit of recording and stuff, and then we made them into soundscapes yesterday, didn't we? Yeah. yeah. So how was that for you guys? It was new, but at the same time, it was really fun. Cool. Yeah. So I'm going to ask you kind of questions. What did you learn doing all that? Because obviously you came into it with almost zero knowledge, didn't you? I know. I um I learned uh, how to do the automations and how to put the uh, sounds onto GarageBand and edit it and, yeah. It's quite impressed as well with you, Dylan. You were able to layer a sound over everything, weren't you, as well? You were able to put mm -hmm. a bit of a sort of a background to everything, which was that was the Beck, was that the Beck sound you put to everything? No, that was the like bell sound. Ah. Well, should we all have a listen to some of this now? I'm just checking who's which one do we have up first? Um actually no, we've got the little we've got the edit actually with um Matthew and the church fire first and then we'll have them Dylan's soundscape and then we'll be back in the studio. So let's have a listen to the the Matthew talking about the church fire, which is something he also edited, and then we'll have a listen to the first soundscape by Dylan. Let's do that now. And this used to be a church. 
this was all church and behind me this whole area had a church on it and I about oh, eight to ten years ago it was knocked down and leveled yeah, and rather than taking the bricks away they yeah, actually it was it was there was a fire it had been burnt down there was arson so this burnt out church was there for a while and the bricks away they actually just um, uh, knocked it to pieces so these little stones are the bricks of the church that have been left behind and it's all rewilded now and all of these flowers have grown up so we've got actually quite a lovely little sort of used to be a, a burnt out church so rather than being an eyesore it's a nice little natural resource for the area and this road that we're on this is called Kentmere Avenue and this was built in the 1950s and when it was being excavated and the road was being laid the workmen found a mesolithic hand axe also in the mesolithic is a period of time and it's different in different parts of the world but in Britain we're talking about well this Mesolithic hand axe was th thought to be 12 to 14,000 BC it was dated to and the people in the Mesolithic were nomadic so they moved about across the countryside and made temporary settlements so maybe made of animal skins and pieces of wood and uh, things like that maybe structures made of, uh, of bone maybe even and as they moved through this area somebody left behind this hand axe And how was that? That was fantastic stuff there. Just, just um, obviously that Matthew one was also edited by Dylan as well. So how was, how was that for you then, doing all that editing? It was hard, but at the same time, like I said earlier, it was fun because obviously learning how to do it, it was step by step, but then when you get the hang of it, you can just do it by yourself and keep going. Yeah, that was an interesting thing. I, I, was, I was teaching a lot of stuff and I was getting a lot of up hands going, Sir, how do I do this? And then by the second day, I was, yeah, I'd never had your hands up, so I was able to drink my coffee in peace a little bit. <laughs> um, but let's move on now because we've got, um, we've got, um, Larry got your piece and um, Tyreek as well, who's not with us today, but we've got, um, we've got both of your pieces followed by some of the pieces where places I've been missing that, that have been edited together by all of you together as well. Uh, I know you did, was it, you, you did two of them, didn't you, Lyra? Yeah, I did Abrils and Mia's. Oh, fantastic stuff. So let's have a listen now. So we're going to have um, Lyra's and Tyreek's um, piece, then the Abril missing piece, and then I don't know if they're coming back to the studio or if we're going to have a bit more. It depends how quick we do the changeover. But let's have a listen to some of them pieces now. Really good stuff, kids. Well done. Okay, tell us about the radio listeners here about the place that you're missing. Croatia, because I haven't, I, last time I went there was in 2019 to see my grandparents in, on the coast. Where would you find it? It's, it's on the coast, I think it's, it's near Italy. Like a nice place, different aura than Toledo. What is it that you like about that caravan entirely? I like it because it's really close to the beach and there's loads of seagulls and I name all the seagulls. Okay, so there's the sound of the seagulls go to the beach and have you gone there most summers since you were since yeah. little? And have you gotten to go there recently or not? Um, a couple of months ago I went. Okay. And how do you feel when you go to the seaside in Fyre? Yeah, it's really fun because I get to swim in the sea and things. Okay. And is it cold in the North Sea? Again? Yeah. But it's like, do you have a wetsuit or are you just going like normally? It depends, like in winter I have a wetsuit and stuff. And how about the smells of the sea in Fyre? It smells salty. And when you're there, is there anything special that you like to eat? My grandma always has like a little barbecue and she makes like burgers and things. Tell us about this place that you've been missing this last year during lockdown that you want to travel to in your imagination. Well, it's a very specific place. It's, it's Lightwater Valley, the theme park. Um, because I've been parked since I was little and I've always loved the adrenaline of going on rides and stuff and just having a fun time with friends and everything and I miss that and I haven't been able to do that since lockdown and stuff so and it's a very pretty 
looking theme park. And when you're in Lightwater Valley, is there a particular ride that you can imagine going on that's a favorite? Uh, the Ultima, which is like the big roller coaster. There. When I was younger, it was like one of the first big roller coasters I went on and I didn't enjoy it <laughs> as much. But like over the years, like going back there, I've, you know, faced my fears and gone it a few more times and I've ended up really enjoying it. And it's sort of like just that journey of like facing a fear and like going on a ride and then like gen generally enjoying it in the end. But it's that adrenaline rush you get and it, I just, I love it. <laughs> yeah, when especially in this last year after maybe all of us being kind of locked in, not being able to travel as much, that adrenaline and that movement of being on a, on a roller coaster like that must be amazing. Yes, definitely. And how about the sound? What was, the, what was it called again, the ride? Uh, the ultimate. The ultimate. So just if you can describe for a listener like just the sounds that you hear when you're on it. Getting ready to go and when it's actually going and then afterward. Well, it's, it's like, well, usually I'm very nervous to go on it. But like everyone around me is like just chatting and stuff in the queue and like just preparing themselves to go on it. And then on the ride itself is like you just hear like the tracks and stuff. And like when it first starts and you're like, oh my God, it's starting. And, like going up the hill because it's a very, it's quite a, like, it's a tall, it's a tall roller coaster. So you go on up it for quite a while and then you see the views and the trees and everything. And it's just that build, that slow build up with people chatting and people, you know, you, you can sort of like hear how everyone's feeling before the drop comes and the atmosphere. And then I imagine when the drop comes, there's the sound probably coming from the people. Right? Yeah, yeah, then there's a switch from like quiet chatting to, uh, you know, screaming, but you know, in like a good way. <laughs> it's like everyone's having fun. And then when it ride finally comes to an end, it's probably only lasts what a few minutes, but it feels like much longer, I'm sure. And when people are getting off, sort of what's that sound like? Oh, uh, well, everyone's just like, oh, well, <laughs> they're, they're more like, talking about like, how it went, how they felt and stuff like that. And then like getting off and grabbing their bags from like where they left them and stuff and walking down the steps and out and talking about where they wanted to go next and stuff. Hi everyone, we're here with um, Vic from the cafeteria and the Grace Cook who's been cooking all of our meals has, has been opening the cafe on the Friday and everyone's here in the cafe listening to our broadcast. So how's it like working in the cafe? Hello, it's such a pleasure to be interviewed by you. Um, it's really exciting. I've really, really loved it this week and getting to know you guys. Um, and I've loved cooking for you. And it's been a lot of fun and had lots of great conversations. Um, Vic, I have a question for you. <gasps> Go on. What's your favourite dish? Oh, I should have asked you what your questions were going to be. Uh, my favourite dish? Well, um... Ooh, I love um, I love making curry, very much so. But I tell you what, still my favourite dish is a dish that my dad used to make me, and that was uh, egg and chips. Mm, <laughs> Can't classic. beat it, absolutely. Fried mm. egg and chips. When did you start cooking? <gasps> when did I start cooking? I think I started cooking um, when I was very young, when I used to help my mum out in the kitchen and she was a very adventurous cook and so I spent a lot of time with her helping her in the kitchen um, so I think really I kind of started cooking then but really I guess when I went to uh, I went to university and then had to start cooking for myself and then I knew quite a lot of dishes that my mum used to cook so I used to cook for my flat at university and everybody used to come to my flat in order to have my food. So I guess that was the very first time that I experienced cooking for the people and loving it. Just the famous chef in university. Just the famous chef in <laughs> university. Um, did you did you get taught by um, like your mum or your dad or anyone, um, or did you kind of just bring it up for yourself? Um, what did you get taught as in cooking? -wise? Yeah, um, uh, cooking wise. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think really what I was taught by by my mum was the passion for cooking I think um, and also it was the chatting so we used to talk a lot when we were both cooking together and that's something that I found is wonderful about cooking here is that I can chat with the volunteers who are cooking with me I can chat with you guys when you come up to the counter and so it's the social aspect of it as well which I learned to really love and then with regards to cooking skills I think that's just because I was so passionate about it that I I started researching more into it and watching stuff on YouTube and getting to know different recipes that way what future recipes do you have future recipes so is this recipes for to make here at chapel 
Chapel yeah. FM. Yep. Um, so I have had some great ideas given to me by some of you guys. Um, so I will be cooking um, meatballs, which was a Ooh. very... <laughs> that was quite a, a famous dish in the last Sound It Out that we did. So I'll be doing meatballs next week. But also I've got some wonderful ideas from people such as Callum um, to make sausage casserole. Um, so I've got a lovely recipe from Lyra to make uh, cheesecake brownies. Ooh, so I shall nice. be, I've got, and I've got a long list, I can't remember them all, but I have written it down from conversations I had at lunchtime. So I'm going to try and make as many as I can. You're making me hungry now. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. Um, what tip would you give to younger people about cooking? What tip? Oh, my goodness. Um, I think really... The main thing I would say to young people is that that anybody can cook. Any, but that's that's the the lovely thing about food and cooking. Anybody can prepare food or cook food, but it's just simply knowing how to do it. And it, that's something great about food is that we all have it in common. We all have to eat food. We all like something, and so we all have that in common. And food is such a great tool for for conversation and getting to know each other. Um, so I think the tip for young people would simply be that anybody can do it. And even if it's making a sandwich, anybody can prepare food. So just not to be scared by it, I think. Well, thank you, Vic. That was amazing. And you answered our questions very well. Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> Yay. Do I get 10 out of 10, Umbril? 10 yeah. out of 10. And, and now coming up is going to be a little track that we're going to play for you now. And that was Everything Fa- everything Now by Arcade Fire, which was Vic's, our chef's choice. Right here, I'm here with my friend Rose. Hi. And the the chapel's social media manager, Charlotte. Hello. So t- me and Rose and Charlotte have been, we've been working all morning to uh, um, brand and um, get out of the news of this um, new radio, well not new, but radio show of us. We have, haven't we? We've been posting a lot on social media. Rose, what platforms have we been posting on? Um, we've done it on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter. And then Annabella, you were talking about TikTok, weren't you? Yeah, it's a pretty popular <laughs> app now. Yeah, we don't. Unfortunately, we don't have a TikTok account. But do you think we need one? Yeah, do you think that's what all the kids are looking at these days? Yeah. <laughs> so how did how did we um, approach our social media this morning? What were we, what were the things we were thinking about? Um, well, we just like we need. Um, we were thinking about making it like more exciting and just to grab people's attention, basically. So, yeah. yeah. And what did, we, what did we do in the end? We did a few posts, didn't we? Yeah, um, we did some on the um, Chapel FM um, Instagram and some on my Instagram as well. Yeah, and we did a little sort of movie with Annabella. You were the star role, weren't you, in that? <laughs> yeah, we are basically doing boomerangs around the whole, um, the whole place to see different things you can do during the day. Yeah, it was great. If anyone hasn't seen the video, you definitely need to check us out on Instagram. I think Rose, you shared it, haven't you, on your profile? Yeah. What is your um what where can people find you on Instagram? What's your handle? Um, you mean my like account name? Uh Rose um is this like dashboard or something? Okay. Um and then you can find you can find it on our um, profile as well can't you at chapel underscore fm so underscore yeah yeah remember that underscore um so yeah and you can see annabella she's performing doing all the boomerangs what kind of things were you doing um jumping mostly pointing and i was also talking to microphone and doing something with the keyboards and and playing with the drums as well yeah it was like quite hard to figure everything out and where to put it and i did learn I learned some new stuff, but I didn't know what you could do on Instagram and everything. We we didn't realise, did we, Rose, that you actually need to tag each other in order to share stories. Yeah. A bit of a learning curve. <laughs> but you were great, weren't you? You were behind the camera and you were sort of, like, directing in a way, weren't yeah. you? Yeah. I like directing. You like to be behind the camera rather than in front of it? Yeah. 
yeah, definitely. Is there anything you'd like to add about the social media that we did and the marketing and the promoting? Do you think it's important to do that for things like a radio show or a radio programme? Well, it's important to let people know that you're doing the radio show, but it's not as important as normally doing the radio show. So I guess it is a key part, but not as important. Mm-hmm. Rose, any thoughts? Um... Um, like, no, not really. (laughs) Yeah, I I mean, I think we did a really good job and you guys got really creative with it. I thought it was a really good thing to see and it's kind of different, isn't it? It allows you to be a bit creative um, and use your skills and learn new things as well. Yeah. Do you think you'd ever like to work in social media or marketing or do you think you're just going to stick to radio? Um, Probably radio. Probably radio. (laughs) Either, either, any of them, basically. Great. Up next is Queen by Queen. She keeps Hey, Grandma. It's a dark and gloomy night. The trees are whistling in perfect harmony. The moon is shining bright like a radioactive strawberry yogurt. I am stumble- stumbling. My knees are like raspberry jelly. Like a dragon's belly after eating a Big Mac. I've had too much whiskey. Love your grandson. Dear grandson, warning, the bogger is coming. His name is Mr. Piggleton. The bogger can smell whiskey. I heard from my parents he's not right. He has a goat face. The bogger has a sad backstory. He's looking for his mum. She was killed by Robin Hood and his merry men who burnt down her house to the ground. So the bogger seeks revenge as... As the bogger howls to the full moon, he, in, in full rage, it turns blood sh- bloodshot red as he gets a glance of his prey. Love, Grandma. Hey, Grandma. Tonight I'm stopping at a friend's. There's no such thing as the bogger monster. But if it comes, I'll stab it down, I'll drown it in the back, I'll send it back to its mother. I'll sleep with the ducks tonight, I'm that brave. From your grandson. Dear grandson, the bogger is a huge swamp monster of boggy, slimy green. It's covered in donkey hair. It smells like a, smells like frogs and seaweed with poisonous slime and fish bones in its hair. He he has um, big frog spawn teeth. Beware, whatever you do, beware. His deodorant is mud, so avoid the mud by the side of the back. Give him some of your deodorant and send him to his mother. Love, Grandma. Hello everybody, welcome to back to Chaffel FM. Now we've got the second radio drama, the ancient tale of the shape-shifting bogger. <coughs> it's been a long day at work, lads. Well, look on the bright side of things, at least it's... I think there might be something behind us. Well, the thing is, back in my day, there was a monster called the Bogart. It would follow people from work and sneak up on them and then eat them. <laughs> That's silly. You boys and your silly stories. I'm not scared of your tales. Where are the birds flying away? I hear something behind us. I'll see what it is. Slenderman! That's an extremely tall man. Ten feet and two inches, to be exact. See, I told you it was real. Yes, this isn't normal. He's abnormally tall. I guess we should give it an offering. Give it that scotch whiskey in your pocket. If you're nice, the bogart might leave us alone. Mm, no whiskey. <laughs> Just give it to me. Just give it an offering. I am the scotch whiskey. <laughs> Yes, an offering. I am Miss Scotch Whiskey. 
That was the ancient tale of the shape-shifting bogart created by Jessica, Stephen and Colt. Hello everybody. That was a piece of radio drama we made yesterday about the bogart. Now we've got an interview with David Jenkins. And for those of you that don't know what a bogart is, the bogart was a mythical creature of Seacroft who, when you looked at it, would turn into your worst fear. So, uh, David, what would you do if a bogart had been discovered? What would you try to do to it? Would you try kill it? Would you, like, ex- try trap it? Try... What would you do? I'm, I'm, I'm slightly amused, actually, because I thought you were, I was coming to talk about Humphrey Bogart. <laughs> Um, but uh, still, uh, well, I don't know. I mean, I think it's a really, really difficult question to ask, yeah. and I'd rather be Sherlock Holmes, I think, trying to discover what a bogart is. And I think it's very kind of Stephen, Jessica and Cole to invite me here today. And to describe a... How would you describe a bogart then? Well, it's like a monster where it would run about Bogart Hill, obviously, because it's named after it. Uh, so whenever you saw it, it would like turn into your worst tangible fear. Uh, so say you had a fear of spiders, it would turn into like a big spider or something. So what would you do if something like that exists? Would you try like how would you try to combat it? Would you try like lock off the area, or would you try like kill it or well, deal I with think it? Anyway? If, if it was if there were safeguarding issues for for yeah. people, and I'd get environmental health in to see what we could do to try and combat this uh, yeah. problem. If it was a boggy sort of land, you know, um, like you'd think that would be part of being yeah, well, a bogart, wouldn't you? It would be like the you? land of, you know, Bogart Hill, which is an actual place. Mm. Um, it, would, it would reside there, and there would be that gate where you could not, it could not go past there. So what would you um, kind of do? Would you lock off that whole area? I think so, yes. Yeah. Yeah, and then contain it. Yeah, yeah. Make sure there was no um, hazards for the people living there. Yeah, so you'd have, like... How would you, like, try contain it, though? Like, would you have fences or...? I think probably fences, yeah. And maybe mm. we'd have to build some ditches, you know. Yeah, and, in case um, anybody actually thought, you know, try, climb over it just to... Because mm. it would be quite a big problem, wouldn't it, if something, yeah, like, mythical absolutely. like that appeared. Yeah. So it, Is it, it just one bogart in Bogart? Uh, like, yeah, let's say there's just one. So no no children boggarts? No, no, no children boggarts, don't worry. Well, that's good, isn't that? It's a relief. Yeah. So, all quite historical. When did all this start? Um, I'm not too sure when the myth started, but it was called Padfoot over here because it was like a squelching sound uh, when it would like, because people would hear something go up from behind them and they'd be like, oh, it's the Padfoot, it's the Bogart. But when they left Bogart Hill, they couldn't hear it, so they're like, oh, it can't go through there. So, so you try trap it in, but what about. Some people, because obviously, I've watched quite a few movies, there's always those people that want, oh, let it free, let it free, and obviously there'll be people that'll go in. So how would you try to combat the fact of, like, other inter interferences? Jurassic Park. That was another film that I thought I'd talk about. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, well, I don't know. I mean, do you know, during the, during the Second World War, yeah. I think the Americans had a... Um, used um, part of Easterly Road and round Boggart Hill as a, as a base. Oh, did they? So you could blame the Americans for all this. Oh, OK, then. Are we doing that? That was pre-Trump. Perhaps I... Well, even Trump only came late, much later on. So I should explain, I'm a councillor yeah, yeah, for this yeah. area. So I, I must take responsibility for all the Boggarts who live in the area. Yeah. Because they probably might vote for me at the next election. <laughs> Yeah. Do you think they'd do that? Well, they might, yeah. So, any more questions, Stephen? Um, not really. I think that's kind of it. You've kind of summed up yeah. all the points. All I want to do is, because obviously you're a councillor and you have um, a large amount of influence in the local area, at mm. least, I presume. Well, I try to, yeah. yeah. Well, I try to listen to what people say, and if the boggarts yeah. come to me and have a problem with other boggarts, then usually that's a neighbour dispute. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Have you got any questions? Jessica? Um. Yes. Um. What if you saw a bogger 
that wasn't trying to be your worst fear, what do you think it would actually look like? Because we don't actually know what it would look like. Probably something out of Harry Potter. That's another movie, isn't it? That's yes. Yeah, it was in Harry Potter. To talk about. When, um, um, what was it? I can't remember which movie it was when um, that was that giant spider. That was the Bogart. So it's it's like got influences and loads of different things because obviously since you have such like a you i think i miss i presume you have quite a big say in what you know goes on well yes so. i mean uh, not a lot of money but yeah a lot yeah of yeah, say. So, yeah yes. so i so it would be interesting to hear like you know how would you, how would you come by and that's why we invited you today well as i say i think you'd probably have to check what sort of um problems the bucket was causing yeah so you'd go for a more peaceful route yeah, a peaceful route, and do an investigation or commission um, somebody from the Nat Natural History Museum, maybe, yeah. to, who's familiar with dinosaurs and other uh, creatures of the um, yeah. inimical past. I see. Well, that was all for our interview. Uh, thanks for your time, Mr okay. Jenkins. It's a pleasure. Thank you very and much. And now we're going to Finally. play uh, the Monster Mash. Welcome to Red Kite Radio, and today it's me, James, and Stanley. Would you like to introduce yourself, Stanley? Yeah, of course. Um, hello, my name's Stanley. Um, I've been helping out here at Chapel FM um, as a music support, um, and yeah, I'm excited to be here. How are you doing today, Stanley? I'm doing very well, thank you, Mia. How are you doing today? I'm good. How are you, How are you, James? I'm not bad myself. That's good to hear. Um, did you have any questions? Yeah. So, the first question I've got here is, what was the first instrument that you learned? Um, I learned guitar when I was, like, maybe ten years old. I started learning. Um, and yeah, I still play today. Stanley, what instrument do you enjoy playing the most? Um, I really like playing synthesizers the most. Um, I like kind of creating my own sounds with them, um, and kind of finding sounds that I've never heard before. That's nice. What instrument would you like to learn in the future or get better at? Uh, I'd like to get a lot better at drums. Um, and a friend of mine is a really good cellist and I've been playing on their cello a little bit recently. So I'd like to get better at that as well. That'd be really fun. I don't know about you, but when now that I'm in school, I do theory on music and I do little jam sessions. What was your music experience like at school? Um, it was really good. I played in a lot of bands. I play in like my own bands with kids my own age, and I'd also play in um, sort of bands around the area with older people to kind of get experience too. Um, I also really enjoyed doing music lessons, and I did like my music GCSE and stuff. Um, so yeah, really, really good. How about yours? Uh, mine's been fun so far. That's not, good to hear. Not a lot of stuff to do so far, but it's been all right. That's good to hear. What about music excites you? Because for me, it's the endless possibilities you have when you're creating. Ooh, that's a pretty good answer, Mia. You might have stolen that out of my mouth. Um, that is a great answer. That would be one of my answers. I guess another thing for me is it's a really good way to express yourself. Um, and sometimes words and feelings can be quite hard to express through conversation, perhaps, or through other means. Whereas I find art, including music, including painting or whatever can be a really good way of expressing that and you can get some really good things out that maybe you couldn't get out beforehand without it. Yeah. What do you think is the most important part about playing music with other people? Uh, it keeps you in time, <laughs> would be one of them. Um, and also, like, it's, a, it's quite a communal experience. Like, making music on your own can be really fun. And I do like to do a lot of, like, kind of music on my laptop and kind of quite, um, I don't know, like, individual projects. But it's also really, really fun getting to make friends and meet new people through playing your instrument and through playing shows or even watching it as well. Like it doesn't just have to be you on stage or you performing. It could be bands you see or musicians you see or your friends who are also musicians. So, yeah, I think it's really good. It's a really good collaborative art form. Yeah. Could you tell us about a time you played in the group? Uh, yeah. Um, you put me on the spot a little bit here. I guess when I was your guys' age, um, which is a little bit easier to think about, um, I used to play in like a jazz band. Um, they were all really, really old, like in their 50s and their 60s. Um, and I got invited to play because I was really good at guitar at that age and I really liked jazz music and funk music and soul music. Um, so I used to play loads of gigs with them, but it was quite funny because I was like the youngest person by like 
yeah, a really big margin. Um, but yeah, that would be one of them. What does music mean to you? <laughs> um, it means quite a lot. I think it's quite important in my life. Um, it's allowed me to kind of make friends and maybe become myself and kind of learn to come out of your shell a little bit. Um, and it's also in every day, like even on the way, you know, to come work here. I listen to music on the bus all day. We've been on the iPads and we've been doing the radio show and that's all been music. So it's kind of like it's it's really important. It's in every part of my life. Um, and I hope you guys can have that same experience with it, too. We're going to play a song of your choice and tell us what the song is and why you chose it. Um, so I chose Carol King. Um, it's too late. Um, I just wanted something that was quite fun um, and something that wasn't too loud because I've heard a lot of loud drums today so I picked something a little bit smoother. <laughs> now we're going to play It's Too Lit by Carol King. Well, that was It's Too Late Now by Carol King and I'm here as well with Stanley again to talk about what we were doing yesterday. Um, so yesterday um, we were... Um, we're using some music software on the computers and we were sampling sounds which we created, um, one with our mouths and uh, of, and we also did it with like instruments. So we created some, like... Um, uh, what are you trying to say? Experimental? Yeah, like, it was experimental. Yeah. Um, we, um, it was improvisation, so... Mm. Yeah. We were doing this with um, Chris Sharkey, who's came in to do a masterclass with us yesterday, um, who's an expert in kind of experimental music. Um, and yeah, we did we did a big workshop yesterday. We did about four hours in total. Um, a lot of the material we recorded, you've been hearing throughout the radio show. Um, I'm just going to ask Abril a little bit more about what we did yesterday. Well, um, as I said, Warren already kind of explained it mostly, but then as I said, we kind of used, after, like ex like after lunch as well, we kind of used our own kind of, like we didn't use any instruments at all. We kind of just used our own voice to do it. Like we just made like weird sounds. Um, and then we managed to like give it and put it into like this song. And um, it was kind of cool to be honest. Cause then he was, Chris was just on the little like electric keyboard, just putting like our voices into it and just playing our voices. Um, and it was kind of cool. Cause then if like, when we listen to that song now, we're like, we made that, like we made it with our own voices and it's kind of actually kind of cool. Would you say you're proud of what you made yesterday? Yeah, to be honest with you, I wouldn't think I'd be doing something like that, to be fair. Yeah. Um, like, we had, like, a bass from, like, our voice. We had a drum from our voice. Like, we had legit everything with our own voices. And it doesn't even sound like we were, like, doing anything. Yeah, yeah. I feel that. That was a really good answer. Um, so, Callum, what were you, what was your biggest takeaway from yesterday? What did you enjoy the most um, about the work we did with Chris? I enjoyed um, playing the recorder. Yeah, yeah. We ended up using that on the tracks, didn't we? Yeah. That's really good to hear. Um, and I guess today, um, we'll talk a little bit about it, but we did some work on the iPads today. Mm. Um, we were using GarageBand to make some beats and sort of expand on some of the, don't know, just the, the, the kind of realm of electronic music we were looking at yesterday with Chris, we kind of did a bit of our own on. Um, does anybody around the table have any thoughts on that at all? Were they happy with the track they came up with this morning? Yeah, yeah. Was quite. Yeah, it was interesting. We haven't done it. We've never really... Well, I have never really done it any before, and it was just a really cool experience to do. I mean, all of this um, East Leeds FM and everything, it's amazing what they've done. And yeah. From an old chapel yeah. that was broken down. Yeah. It's amazing, yeah. Yeah. That's really good to hear. Do you guys feel like after this, there'll be some of the things you've learned with Chris and with myself, anything you kind of want to continue or would like to kind of look into more concerning, I guess, either sampling or electronic music or experimental music at all? Yeah, I'd like to kind of go with the experimental music as well with that because I kind of, because um, I I did kind of a bit of composition um, before, but I never did it fully from our, like, our own kind of things that we had kind of our voices or the instruments or the resources we had and then making a sampling it and then kind of making our own kind of music out of it and i'd like to do that more in the future yeah that's a really really good answer 
What about improvisation as well? Had any of you ever improvised before? Because that was kind of the basis of the material we used, wasn't it? It wasn't like we kind of were like, okay, let's think of some chords or whatever. It was kind of put us on the spot and was just like, can you you produce a sound? Can you produce anything that we can use to make something out of? Does anybody have any... Anything to say about improv at all? Yeah, I mean, I I do it in drama quite a lot at school. And, yeah, it's hard, but it's quite fun as well when you find the yeah. end... end um, the, what, 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 what ends up coming out at the end of what yeah, you've done. The and outcome. The outcome, yeah. And I think it's quite cool to look, at, look back on it and see... I didn't even think about doing any of this. I just did it and went with the flow. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of, sometimes it's actually better to go in improv because if you have all the time just going off like a script or a specific kind of like like note thing or whatever, mm-hmm. it kind of um, it's good and all. But sometimes it's better to go improv because that that's what legit was yesterday. Just improving. Like he was like um, we were in like when we did like our little like jam yesterday. We kind of had people improving on the guitar. We had in people improving on like the little kind of like congas. We had people improving on the recorder, and it was kind of just bringing it all together. Yeah, yeah, yeah I feel that. What well, did you have any thoughts on that, Callum at all? Did you enjoy improvising and trying out some new instruments? Yeah, I I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I, yeah. I feel that. Um, anybody else got anything to add to the conversation at all? Anything that you feel like we haven't covered about what we've been looking at with Chris? Just shout out to Chris. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, big shout out to Chris. He did a really, big really good Chris. job yesterday. <laughs> cool. Well, I guess um, that'll end this conversation. I guess we could have a little listen to some of uh, the music we made yesterday. You've already heard quite a lot of the pieces already, but we'll play you a few more now. Enjoy.
we are now back in the studio with Henry as well. So how are you doing, Henry? Yeah, I'm all right, thanks, Apple. I was all rushing around before, but now I feel <laughs> a bit like the end is in sight. And mega question, do you think that was a bop? That was, I mean, that's the biggest bop I've ever heard. That's the <laughs> top of the bop scale for me. <laughs> exactly. Well, well, thank you for listening to Red Kite on Eastleys FM. If you enjoyed today's show, we have more than 40 past episodes in our giant audio archive on the Chapel FM website. Be sure to tune in next Friday at the same time for more amazing stories, including sounds from an upcoming canal boat expedition. Uh, we would like to fight. Uh, we'd like to thank the founders uh, who supported this summer's Sound It Out Youth Program, Red, uh, uh, with the Red Kite Podcast and Radio Show. Um, the Healthy Holidays was run by Lee's Community Foundation, Lee's Housing Authority Panel, Lee's City Council, Inner East Committee, and the iGen Trust. Um, we also have some comments from parents. So Callum's parents said that he's been loving every bit of it. There was nothing for him in this area once he turned 12. It's been great to be able to attend things like this. Callum's got his own DJ desk and might want to go into radio one day. And Mia has been glowing about it and she's loved it all. Uh, Warren's mum said he loved being out in the rain recording. Uh, he said the person holding the big boom mic was worried about getting hit by lightning. Um... We're now going to leave you with a track from the studio we did yesterday. Hope you enjoy it. Uh, until next time, good night. Good night.